Well, good to see everybody today. It's great to be back in the pulpit and sharing God's word after being off for the month of June. And um, I think I remember how to share God's word, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> you know, it's like riding a bike. Once you've done it a few times, it's like getting back on it. So let's stand together. Let's read God's word, verses 1 through 7 today. Proverbs chapter 1, starting at verse number 1, reading down through verse number 7. Scripture says this, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of, of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. God, thank you for your word today. I pray especially that you'll open our hearts and our ears and help us to hear from you today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. So, today we begin this five-week series called The Five Fools. The Five Fools. And we're going to, um, we're going to look at five different characters in the, in the book of Proverbs that, the, that Proverbs refers to. And they are the five fools. It's the purpose of this series that everything, you, you will learn everything you need to know in order to become wise. I hope and pray that uh, at the end of this series, you'll have a greater desire and a greater understanding of, of what the Bible calls wisdom, wisdom literature. There's only one way to do that over the long haul is that you have to develop wisdom. Wisdom grows in you. Wisdom develops in you. In 1991, there was a young man by the name of Adam Brown who was preparing to go to college. And as he was preparing to go to his college, his dad, H. Jackson Brown, decided to write down the most important things his son would need to know. Things that he thought that he wanted to remind his child of as he was leaving the house to go off to school. If you've ever sent a, a kid off to college and they've left the house for the first time, you think to yourself as a parent, did I do enough to prepare them? Are they ready to navigate on their own? Are they ready to go out? Well, this guy named Jackson Brown decided to write a book, and he called it Life's Little Instruction Book. It was 511 suggestions, observations, and reminders of how to live a happy and rewarding life. He wrote that for his son. That book was published, and it's, it's been, it sold over a couple of million copies of that book. There's actually a second version of that and a third version of that. But long before there was, was uh, H. Jackson Brown, who wrote this little instruction board, there was a guy by the name of Solomon, who wrote some of the most important things about life that has ever been written. And it's recorded for us in the book of Proverbs. 
Proverbs was mostly written by Solomon, but it's also a collection of sayings from various wise people during that day and time. And so you'll find in Proverbs these little statements, statement after statement after statement that are just wise things. I was saying to, we were saying to my staff on Tuesday, we had a staff meeting and we were talking about things that we heard our parents say. And I've got a bunch of teenagers over here right now and I was wondering, what are some of the things that your parents have said to you over and over again? What is it? What did you say? Because I'm a parent. I can say this because I'm a parent. Is there any other wise things that your parents have said to you? Yes. Don't be stupid. Boy, that's a good one. Did my dad or mom come up with that? That was mom. I, I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Any other, any other pithy statements that you've heard over and over again? Because I said so, yes. I, one of the things I said to my kids all the time as they were growing up was like, check your attitude. Check your attitude. Your attitude is your choice. It's not my choice, it's your choice. And so over and over again, they heard me say, check your attitude. Your attitude is your choice. Your attitude is your choice. How you respond to this situation and these circumstances in your life is your attitude, your choice. And so parents, sometimes we, we carry on. We sometimes emphasize the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Well, the book of Proverbs is a, is a book full of statements like that, little statements. Solomon, God came to Solomon one day and said this to him, ask me anything you want and I'll give it to you. That's a pretty big statement, wouldn't you say? And you can ask me anything you want. Now, for some of you, you'd say, I want the new car. I'd like, to, I'd like a, a trip to Disney World or, or Florida. Some of you are going to Florida. I'd love to do this or that. But Solomon, he asked God for wisdom. He asked God for wisdom. He said, God, I want wisdom. I want, I want discernment. I want the ability to make right decisions, to make right choices. And God was so pleased with that decision that in first, first, uh, first, uh, first uh, Kings chapter three, it says this, since you have asked for wisdom and not for a long life or wealth or power over your enemies, he says, I will give you what you asked for plus I will give you what you didn't ask for, wealth, honor, and a long life. I'd say that's a pretty cool answer to prayer, wouldn't you? Amen. I asked for wisdom, I got wisdom, and I got everything else. And here's what's cool about that, because when you have wisdom, you not only have the ability to make money, but you have the ability to know how to keep money. When you have wisdom, you're able to find and develop long-lasting and healthy relationships. When you have wisdom, you know what to say and what not to say. And you know when to say it. When you have wisdom, you'll know how to avoid a lot of the misery that people bring on themselves. And you'll know how to maximize your personal opportunities in life. 
When you have wisdom, you'll be able to raise kids the right way. When you have wisdom, you'll be able to sleep at night because you won't be dreading the consequences of your actions. You see, God's word is full of wisdom. And wisdom comes from the Lord and he's given to us in this holy book called the Bible. And specifically, in the book of wisdom, there are several books in the Old Testament, but one of the major ones is this book in Proverbs, the book of wisdom. The scripture says, there is a way that seems right. Actually, in Proverbs it says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but only leads to death. In other words, sometimes we think we got wisdom in and ourselves. We, we, can, we can figure out life on our own. We don't need God. We don't need his, his, his direction. We don't need his word. We can figure it all out. And therefore, we, what seems right to us ultimately will only lead to death. And that really is what Proverbs is all about. There are two pathways in life. The pathway of wisdom or the pathway of foolishness. And you know what it really means to be foolish? Don't be stupid, stupid. Don't be dumb. Don't make the wrong choice that leads to the wrong consequences. And a pathway is a way of life. And there are steps that are along the way of, of each pathway that either leads to life, an abundant life, the life that God wants to give to us, or it leads to foolishness, which ultimately leads, leads to death which leads to separation from God. Those are two pathways we can have in life. And the scripture says that you're either on the pathway of wisdom or you're on the pathway of foolishness. And all along the way, there are choices that you make in order to stay on a particular pathway. God wants you on the pathway of wisdom. Making right choices which lead to right consequences, which leads to right kind of living. That's what Paul, I mean, Solomon wanted to teach us in the book of Proverbs. There is a way. One of my favorite, uh, my favorite TV shows, it's an oldie, is Seinfeld. How many of you like Seinfeld? There's a few of you in the house. I know that was an older show. It's syndicated now, so now you can pretty much some days, you can watch episode after episode after episode after episode for about a whole day straight. I think it's on TNT or, or USA or one of those you know, television shows. And George Cassandis, in one of his episodes, he, had, he, he, he decided that he was gonna try to be better. He found himself in midlife he found himself in his mid-30s. He was unemployed. He was broke. He was desperately single. And he was living with his parents. I would say that's probably not where he wanted to be at 30 years old. Wouldn't you agree with that? By the way, no parent wants their children to be there either. Okay? We miss them when they leave, but they, we do not want them to live with us for the rest of their lives. You know? And so George found himself, and he's sitting with his friends in a coffee shop, and he realizes that he's gotten into, gotten into this shape because of his natural instincts, 
because of the choices that he was making. So he decided right then in the coffee shop, he decided he was going to do the opposite of all of his natural instincts. He, was, he normally ordered tuna on toast, so today he ordered chicken salad on rye. He, he, throughout the entire episode, he does the opposite of his instincts, and by the end of the show, this is only in television, by the way, he's got a job with the New York Yankees. He's got an apartment in Manhattan. He's got a gorgeous girlfriend. He's got money. He's got new clothes, and he feels like a new man. Could I just tell you, that is a silly television show, but if you will take what Solomon teaches us in the book of Proverbs and you will apply it to your life, you will live a life that is so much better than you could ever dream or imagine, and you will keep yourself from doing some absolutely foolish, stupid things in life. God wants you to be wise, to be wise. Now, the word fool in the scripture is somebody who is not wise. It's the opposite. You'll find in the book of Proverbs, as you read through it, there is, there is like, there is full of opposite statements. It will say the, the wise do this, but the foolish do this. The wise do this, but the foolish do this. The wise do this, but the foolish do this. But there are actually five different characters of fools in the, in the book of Proverbs. We're going to look at one of them in more depth today. But there are five different ones. And these five are, are ones that are going to be the next five sermons. Okay, The first one is the simple fool. We're going to talk about the simple fool here today and what that really means. But the simple fool. There's the, the silly fool. You ever meet a silly fool? Everything's a joke and everything's laughed at and everything, nobody takes life seriously at all. That's a silly fool. There is the, the sensual fool. We'll talk about the person who's all about getting his own needs and desires met at every moment and every time. And then there's the scornful fool. The one who scorns at, who even says, God's not real and he is dead. There's no such thing as a God. That's a scornful fool. And then there is the steadfast fool, the person who's not only just a fool once in a while, but is committed to foolishness for his entire life. Talk about death. Each of these fools, by the way, leads to death. But the only fool you really want to be, if you have to choose to be a fool, is the first one. A simple fool. Because the first one is really all of us are in that category at one time or another. Every single one of us in this room has made a foolish choice. Has made a decision in life that we go, oh, I didn't know that. I should have learned that. Nobody ever told me this. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the part of being a fool that is associated with being young to being inexperienced, to not having enough life experience to understand and know some things that you should maybe have learned when you were younger, but you didn't. A simple fool. 
Many times in the scripture, it just says the simple. Or it says the simple ones. Some, some translations calls it the simple ton. That's a simple person. It's a, it's, it really means extreme vulnerability to be opened up. In other words, you are an open book. You have a blank slate in life. You enter into this life and you have no experience whatsoever. And then you just begin to start taking on experiences. One after another after another. And some of us have really good environments with good instruction and good training. Where we have good um, guidance along the way. And others of us are growing up environments where we don't have a lot of guidance and direction. And so we grow up maybe making foolish choices just because we don't know. Because nobody's told us. Proverbs in the very beginning, in the very few verses of chapter 1, tells us the purpose of Proverbs. Proverbs, it says, is to attain wisdom and discipline. It says to acquire a disciplined and prudent life, giving prudence to the simple. There's our first instance of a simple fool or a simple person or a person who is young, knowledge and discretion to the young. It's a person that, that has grown up in, a, in an environment where it doesn't. Now, I've got, I've got on my pastoral staff, I've got some young, and I've got some veterans. We don't have a lot in between. We're either really old or really young. And I want to tell you that's intentional, amen? I love young pastors. Sometimes they make dumb choices. Right, Kyle? <laughs> Not stupid choices, just dumb. <laughs> but overall, and I remember when I was young, I remember when I started out being a pastor and I thought, you know, I thought, man, I'm young and I'm dynamic and I've got all this stuff, but I was pretty green behind the ears and I didn't know much and I had to learn a lot of things along the way. And my early churches that I pastored really taught me a lot of things. They were the ones that guided my direction. They were the ones that were patient with me. They were the ones that encouraged me. They were the ones that sometimes corrected me when I needed correction. All of us were young at once. And so if you find yourself as a simple fool today, welcome to the club. That's all of us. Now, usually... Older people do not stay in the category of simple fool. You know why? Because each of these fools become deeper. They become scornful. They become silly. They become sensual. They become steadfast. If you stay as a simple fool, you will graduate to greater foolishness. Or you'll get off the road of simple fool and you'll get on the pathway of wisdom. Amen. You'll get on the pathway. And here's what I've learned about young people. You are being pulled and tugged in a zillion different directions. You're constantly being enticed, dangled. You're, you're being dragged. And you've got different voices that are coming into your head. 
You've got different things in the media. You've got your friends. You've got the social media. You've got culture, which is, which is going off the rails today. You've got all this kind of stuff going on, and they're all trying to get your attention, and they're all trying to influence you. And the book of Proverbs was primarily written by a guy named Solomon who was writing primarily to his son to give him wisdom about how to live his life. And so you have the joy, because it's in God's holy word, to be able to read it and apply it and follow it. It is meant to give you prudence. What does the word prudence mean? I wrote it down. Prudence means, I wrote it down sideways, actually. Prudence is is to the state of being careful in the way you make decisions. The state of being careful in the way you make decisions. You make decisions with care, caution, and good judgment, always looking ahead to what the consequence of the decisions that you're making today, right to now. That's what prudence means. And so all the way through the book of Proverbs, the, the, the Solomon is saying, be wise, be prudent. Don't, don't get carried away. Listen, learn. And he would show them that. Now, these are the characteristics of a simple fool. If you find yourself in these characteristics, you can call yourself a simple fool. Okay? Here's what it means. First of all, you're gullible. You believe every word that anybody says to you. You believe it's the truth, and you just take it as, as gospel. Could I tell you that's really dangerous today? Even some of you who are older and wiser have got caught up in believing things that you shouldn't believe. Because we at one time believed in certain institutions that they would tell us the truth that have gone off the rails on us. Be very careful. Don't be gullible. Ignorant. This is a person who is unaware of cause and effect. Unaware that if I make this choice, that this is going to be the result. I could eat that pizza and 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 believe that I'm really not going to get fat. It's really not going to have an impact upon my arteries, upon my health. Throw caution to the wind and just do whatever you feel like doing. Because you have no understanding of cause and effect. They have opens, opens the mind to any passing thought. Your mind is a, is a constant computer that is constantly operating and constantly moving. And you can either capture every thought that comes through and decide whether you should think about it or cast it away. Or you can be a fool and just let your mind go wherever it wants to go, whenever it wants to go, however it wants to go. This week, some of you are going to be at NYC. Here's my challenge to you. Put your phone away. Get your Bible out. 
Go to every single session that's there that has been prayed over, thought about, has been, has, been, has been sought the mind of the Lord, and go to those sessions and say, God, speak to me. Go there to be changed, not to have fun. Go there to be challenged. Oh, there's going to be lots of kids there, 10,000 there in a new state, on a plane. There's going to be all kinds of good times and fun. You're going to have that. But there must be opportunities for you to just say, Lord, speak to me. Open your mind to him, not just whatever else is going on. Then there is a person who has this characteristic is open to enticement and deception. And last, views life as uncomplicated and fails to see the intricate cause of an effect. In other words, a simple-minded person says, ah, you know what, I'm young, let's just go have a good time, let's sow my oats, let's have fun, let's drink all I can drink, smoke all I can smoke, have all the sex I can have, let's just, just live life young. I'll be old later thinking that there's no big deal. I'm just going to have a good time. Do you know what the Bible calls that? Foolishness that leads to death and destruction in your life. So, here's a couple other verses. Proverbs says in, in 122, how long will you simple ones love your simple ways? That's a good question, isn't it? How long are you going to be like this? You have a choice. You have a choice. How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? How long do you have to stay in this stage of life? As long as you don't make the choice to follow the wise and the wisdom of those around you who are giving you instructions. I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who what? Lacked judgment. This is the saying. I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, and let me include the young women in there too, a youth who lacked judgment. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, gain understanding. And so as you read the Proverbs, what you'll discover is that there is what is called parallelism, okay? The first statement makes a statement, and the second statement reinforces the first statement, or is the opposite to the first statement. And so you have all of these statements that are in parallel form, where there is either A and B equal each other, or A and B are opposite each other most of the time. And they're meant to reinforce a teaching there. I saw among the simple, I noticed among the men, what did they notice? A youth who lacked judgment. The observation when you got a bunch of, of young men and women or young students or young, 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 young people. And Kyle, you're going to have how many with you this week? 26. They're all wise and prudent, aren't they? None of them are going to make some dumb choices, right? <laughs> We're praying that way, right? 
That's what a simple one is. All right, so what does a simple fool need? Let me give you four things that the, that the Proverbs teach us here, okay? The first thing they need is to put your full trust in the Lord. The very first step to becoming wise is to pull your full trust and respect in God. Here's what the scripture says. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 says this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. If you look at the book of Proverbs, you will discover that chapter 1 through chapter 9 is pretty clearly written by Solomon himself. It, it reads sort of like a narrative. You can kind of follow it easily. It is actually enjoyable to read. And then when you get to chapter 10, all the way through chapter 30, you will find there is some disconnected collections of sayings that don't seem to have any sort of random connection to them. And then the last book of the chapter is chapter 31, which talks about a wise and prudent woman. And so the first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs is really a cool, cool section of Scripture to read. If you've never read it, I encourage you to do that. But you will discover that that section starts off with the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, of knowledge. And then you'll find the very end, chapter 9, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And you might ask yourself, what is the fear of the Lord? The fear of the Lord is when you realize that God is God. He's the creator of the universe. He's the creator of you. He is holy and right. He is pure. That ultimately your life will give an account to Almighty God. There is a sense of fear, not in the sense of being afraid, but in the sense of healthy respect of God. This is the foundation, the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning path of living a life as a wise person. See, wisdom is not intelligence. Wisdom is not a group of facts. Wisdom is not skills, although it is all of those things, but wisdom is the ability to make the right choice with the right information that brings glory to God. That's what wisdom is. Wisdom is not just knowing the right thing to do, but it is doing the right thing. There's a lot of people who know the right thing and do the wrong thing. That's called foolishness. Wisdom is when you can make the right choice with the right information and it leads you down the right path. And so the beginning of, of wisdom is always the fear of the Lord. And this is the foundation of the book of Proverbs. This is what Solomon was trying to say to his son, his children. Remember, God is aware of everything you do. When I was young, I had my, we, we, we lived in a different age. We spent a lot of time outside. We spent a lot of time outside playing um, with our friends because we didn't have media and phones and all that kind of stuff or video games. And so we would go outside. Well, in our neighborhood, there was a, there was a, 
there was sort of this motherhood connection. Any mom could, could phone on the phone to other moms what their kids were doing. And we knew that there were always eyes watching. We thought we were getting away with it. But Grandma Susie up in her room was watching out the window. And she got on the phone and called my mother. And then when I got home that night to have dinner, Mom said, what are you doing? I heard. I know. And I was like, oh, how did you know? I've got eyes in the back of my head. I know. And we grew up with this sense of the fear of the mothers of the neighborhood. God wants you to be aware that he is here and present and knows everything. Everything he knows. That is the beginning of wisdom. Um, when I was, uh, Jane and I, we would go to the beach all the time and we would always put a puzzle together. This is a puzzle of 300 pieces. Found it this morning in the grocery store of Seinfeld. I was like, wow, that pretty goes with my sermon. Didn't know that. But if I took this group of puzzle pieces and I just said, put those together, it would be a bunch of pieces that have no connection. I don't know about you, but I hate putting puzzles together. Anybody with me? I, I'm not a puzzle putter. Some people enjoy it. I find this totally frustrating, okay? So some of, the, some of our family members, they would put the puzzle together all week long while we were at the beach, and that, uh, the mission was that the end of the week, the puzzle would be totally put together. The only pieces that really I really cared about, that I really did, was to find the corners and the outside of the puzzle, the straight edges. The middle section, I was like, it's way too complicated and wastes too much time of trying, 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 finally to do that. Well, you know what the corners of every puzzle are in the scripture? The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord are the corners to a puzzle. It's the corners of your life. It's what connects everything else in your life. Without having a healthy fear of God, you will be enticed to go the wrong pathway and live the wrong way. And so it is the beginning the beginning. Notice it's the beginning. It's not something you can learn later on. It's not something you can learn when you're old. This is at the very beginning. Simple ones, simple fools. Please hear this. Start with this premise. God, you are God and I need you and I submit my life to you. I want your wisdom. I want your guidance. And that's why he goes on to say over and... <coughs> Chapter 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, what? Acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths, your steps in the right direction. Too many folks have come to the place where they think they are God and they know everything. And their ways are better than anybody else's ways, but as Proverbs said before, that only leads to destruction. Here's the second thing I'd say. By the way, here's a challenge I'll give you. 
that will help you in wisdom. Read a chapter of Proverbs every day, 31 chapters in 31 days. Try to figure out the edges. Then start putting the puzzle together. Amen? Try to do that. All right, got to go quick because I got to run out of time. What does a simple fool need? Number two, cultivate a teachable life. You need to have a teachable spirit. Let the wise, what? Listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. When you don't know something, the best way to learn is what? Listen. Don't talk. Don't run your mouth. Don't be the kind of person who always is a know-it-all and has all the right answers. But be humble and be seeking to learn from those who have lived life. Learn from those who do things well and become wiser in it. Cultivate a teachable life. Receive instructions from others. Um, I really appreciate, again, going back to my pastoral staff. I just love, Brent is such a wise veteran pastor on our team. He really is. Pastor Debbie, she's got value, invaluable experience. And then on top of that, we've got, we've got some other wonderful ladies on our, on our staff that aren't pastors like Jane and Marilyn and Paula who have lived life, raised children, who have such wisdom and guidance, have done ministry and things in life that we just learn from each other. And I want to tell you something. As you get older, you should always still have a teachable spirit. You should never get to the place where you think you know it all. I'm still learning myself. And not only do you learn from those who've gone before you, but I've discovered that I can also learn from the young. They can teach me some things. They see some things that I didn't see. We'd grow up in different places. So learn to do that. Walk with wise people. He who walks with the wise, what? Catch this. He who walks with the wise, he who walks with the dumb, he who walks with the stupid. Do you see what the Proverbs was saying here? You want to live a wise life? Hang out with wise people. Learn from people that fear the Lord, that their lives are going in the right direction. Hang around them. Listen to them. Let them instruct you. That's why, parents, it's so important for you to raise your kids in the church. Raise your kids with godly adults who mentor them, who train them, and who instruct them. Don't think that you can take your kids out into the world to people who don't know the Lord and expect them to follow God. Raise them up in the household of faith. What does a simple fool need? They need to believe in consequences. I love what Proverbs 6, 6, 12. Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? What's the answer to that? No. You play with fire, you're going to get burned. You mess around and do the wrong thing, you're going to suffer the wrong, conse your wrong consequences. 
The scripture says this to the simple. He says, a prudent man sees danger and takes refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. When I first got my license, I thought I was the king of the road. You know what I also thought? I didn't have to wear my seatbelt. I thought the seatbelt was stupid until I was only driving a couple of months and fell asleep at the wheel and hit a bridge on a highway and did four 360s across the road and landed in a ditch. Because I stayed up all night and I didn't sleep and I was taking some substances which I shouldn't have been taking. But I didn't think there would be any consequences. It was no big deal. You know what I was? A fool. And I'm lucky I'm still alive. Here's one more. Ask God for, for, for wisdom on a daily basis. Every single day you should get up and say, if anyone lacks wisdom, and by the way, if you are young or old or anything in between, all of us need God's wisdom. And the scripture says that if we lack it, we should ask God. And notice what it says, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. God does not discriminate in giving his wisdom to anyone. It doesn't matter if you're young or old, black or white, poor or rich, have a PhD, a master's, or a high school education, or no, no education whatsoever. The scripture says that if you seek God's wisdom and discernment about making right choices, he will give it to you generously. I don't know about you, but every day I get up and say, Lord, I need your help. I need your help. I need your help. I need your help. This church is not an easy church to pastor. Lord, help me deal with this staff. Help me to be the very best leader I can be. Help me to be a good husband, a good father. Lord, help me to be a good citizen. Lord, I need you. Give me wisdom. Amen? All right. Let's close this service down. Pastor Kyle, come on up here, would you? Um, if, if you're going to NYC today, would you mind coming and standing at the altars for me? If you're going to NYC, come on up here, Pastor Kyle. Let me grab a microphone. Going to use this mic right here, uh, Danny. Would you tell the group when you're leaving and, and who's going and when you're coming back? Yeah, so we have, you guys can keep coming, by the way. Come on, this side too, guys. Just spread right out for me, all right? Uh, we will be leaving, technically it's Monday morning, but technically tonight. So 12.30 a.m. tonight, tomorrow morning. I don't know where to explain it. Yeah. Uh, we will be meeting here, and then we will be taking a bus to LAX at 1.30. And then we'll be on a flight out of LAX at 6.30. So we got a, a long, long night ahead of us. Yeah. Yeah, and then you're going to be in Tampa for how long? We'll be in Tampa from tomorrow evening through 
um, we'll arrive Tuesday morning at like, I think like midnight and we'll be here at like 2.30. All right. So you got a whole week in Tampa Bay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. What's, uh, what's, our, what's your hope and prayer this week? My hope and prayer is that students would, um, as you said, walk into every service with just that mindset of Lord speak and that they would be in this place of I'm here to, to meet Jesus. And those who, I mean, Jesus meets us where we're at all the time. Those who aren't going to NYC, Jesus is meeting you where you're at this week. Um, but for those of you who have the opportunity to go like this, Jesus is there. This is a holy place, holy ground that has been prayed over. Has God is in all of this and through all of this. And it's just an opportunity that not a lot of people get. And I just hope that they take advantage of that and truly grow, mature, and begin to make their faith their own. Um, it'd be Amen. a life-changing experience for them. Amen. Well, I'm going to ask all of you who are going, if you would kneel where you are, kneel at the altar, and then I'm going to ask your parents or a prayer partner, you're praying for one of these students, that you'd come up and just lay hands on them at this time. So go ahead and kneel right there, guys. Kneel at the altar. That'd be great. Super. All right. Don't be bashful. Okay. Parents, come on down. And um, while we're doing this also, I want to pray for Ben. Ben, come on up here, would you too? Ben is, uh, ben is going to, is a young man who's finished Nazarene, um, Nazarene College and ministry. Ben, stand right here for a second. Where are you headed to? Alabama, I understand? Yes. And um, he's going to be a, 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 on staff and studying at the same time yep. and learning how to be a pastor. Yes, I am. Wow. So uh, I will be moving to Russell. Um, <clears throat> I've been moving to Russellville, Alabama, uh, this Wednesday, and uh, for the next three years, I'll be attending Austin Presbyterian Theological Seminary online, while also uh, being a youth pastor at this church. Wow! So. Wow! Praise God! Amen. Amen. Uh, can I have a few of you just come on up here and lay hands on on Ben for me? Would you do that? Uh, some of our board members, stand up, everybody. Come on, stand up. Let's be the church today. Amen. These are our young people that need our support, our encouragement. And um, so come on up here and pray for Ben and then be praying for our students. And um, I'd like to pray for them. So let's, uh, let's pray together. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Oh, God, our Father, a lot of work has gone into this uh, week coming up for those that are going to NYC. Lord, you've already answered prayers. Some of these students, Lord, you have miraculously made it possible for them to go. And we are thankful for a church that supports and prays and gives. But Lord, now we are right at the very edge. First and foremost, I pray for their travel. God, would you just make the way clear? And without obstructions, without delays, would you help every flight to go as planned, every bus trip, and would you give protection over the highways and airways and the travels that are going to happen over the next week? And then, God, I pray that um, I pray the Holy Spirit would come in a powerful way upon every single student 
that they would hear the voice of God, that they would hear the messages that are preached and taught, their time in God's word personally would just, the, the word would just pop off the page to them. I pray that you would, you, would, uh, you would just do a work of transformation in their lives. And I pray that you would, uh, you would put a calling on each of them as they live out their life for Jesus Christ. So have your way upon our students, I pray, and all of the sponsors that are going with them. May you give them a great week. And then, Lord, I pray for Ben. Thank you for this young man who grew up in this church who's been formed and shaped by wise people. He's been given great instruction and guidance from his mom and dad and his grandparents and from his youth pastors and, and children's uh, church workers. I mean, Lord God, and a great university. And I pray that as he takes this next stage of moving to another state, another church, another community and becomes the youth pastor. Oh God, would you go with him? And would you use him greatly? May he pray every day, Lord, give me wisdom as he seeks to be the man you've called him to be. Bless him, I pray. Thank you for him. Lord God, we love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we praise you today. Now, O oh God, have your way. You are God and we are not. We ask that you would guide us and bless us now in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. amen. God bless you all. Thanks for coming to church today.